hubbub. Tracks. Cover. Cover, cover your tracks. Hello and welcome again to Cover Your Tracks. My name's Willie. What's your name? Will. Over there, you. Will. That's Will. We're, 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 we're a couple of Kiwis living in Berlin. Um, we have been living in Berlin, which means we have been living in... Lockdown. Well done. Uh, so that's why we haven't recorded. Very sorry. We've been what? How many would have been Christmas? On and off for a year in total. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> since we recorded. Oh, right. Yeah. Podcast or lockdown? Or are they the same thing? Uh, yeah, we did a Christmas episode. So yeah. Yeah. Been a while. It has been a while. So I, we, I, I apologize for that. Do you also? I'm thinking about apologizing. All right. Well, while you're thinking, I will... Um, Thank everyone who has been listening in the meanwhile, uh, in the meantime, rather, and uh, just do a little bit of whatever I normally do. I'm 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 out of rhythm. I don't know about you. You out of rhythm? I feel like I'm rusty. I don't really know what I'm doing. What do I know? Before we started recording, I was saying, well, what do I normally say here? What do we do? What are we? Who I, are we? I want to know if this is season two. Oh, um. What are we like a BBC show where they do like six episodes and then yeah, well, you know, like, Americans do like twenty five episodes in a season or mm. whatever. British ones do like six. Yeah, we got five and then we got cancelled. This thing is this episode six of season one, or because we had a break, is this episode one of season two? Um, I don't want to do seasons personally. Just another thing to add on the the name. I mean, it's not the TV, is it? It's not the TV. No, it's just voice. Mm. Uh, let's say season one. This is episode six, season one. Uh, if you haven't, if you're just joining us, we are a, I guess, a music review podcast. We uh, we listen to, to, to songs, cover songs, and we try to pick the best one, maybe get into an argument, scrap. Um, I'm a comedian and fuckwit. As I said, my name's Willie, and that over there is Will. He's the music guy. Um, he's got tattoos and he looks way more music than me. But also, I look like a fuckwit, so we have some common ground. Yeah, there, there is. It's not mutually exclusive musician and fuckwit, yeah. but yeah, uh, yeah. If you haven't listened to us before, or if you uh, you have listened to us before, but you've forgotten because we've been away for so long, uh, every week, every episode, we we make a podcast uh, play- playlist of the songs we go through in the podcast. Um. So if you search this week, we're doing I Heard It Through the Grapevine by Gladys Knight and the Pips. Sorry to spoiler that. So if you put Heard It Through the Grapevine or Grapevine or something like that and then just put CYT in there, cover your tracks, then you should be able to come up with this with the Spotify playlist. Will and I both burping. Um, and then you should be able to listen along. If you, yeah, when we, oh my God, this I feels this boring. I feel like I have to do so much admin and then also I'm out of rhythm. I have a swig of beer. Do it. Mm-hmm. Get it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you can listen along um, as you listen along. So yeah, the, the idea, there's going to be like a little bring sound, a little bell, and then that tells you the next song's coming up and you should listen to the next song in the playlist because we're only going to be able to play 30 seconds of it because we don't want to get done for copyright. Uh, what else we got here on the list? Email. <laughs> I asked Will, when we put out the, the last podcast, the Christmas special, I asked Will, what do you want for Christmas? And he said, I just want someone to email the podcast email. And 
it was really sad because we haven't got one. And and I think Will was sad. He he put on a brave face, but I th- really I think he was sad that we didn't get an email. So if you'd like to reach out, cytpodcast at gmail.com. Please make Will's late Christmas if you can. Uh, without any further ado, I think that's everything. Is that right? Yeah, I think it was pretty comprehensive, Willie. All right. How are you? I'm not bad, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, every day is kind of exactly the same yep. these days. I think everyone's feeling that. Yeah. I mean, the coronavirus, at least in Berlin, the cases were going down, which was cool, but then the weather got nice and the cases started going up again, guess because everyone went to the park. Yep. So, uh, and we live right by a park too. So. Yeah. <laughs> it would just be like nice if it could all stop. Yeah. But, you know, getting there. Getting there. Getting there. Still being a dad? Still being a dad. Still working. Cool. It's basically, I wake up, I look after my daughter until I start work. I go to work, I finish work, I look after my daughter until she goes to bed, and then I go to bed. And since, that's it. since coming back to Berlin for me, it's been very boring without this. This, mm. this is like. I don't know, I just thought always this would be fine. Like we could always kind of record this. Even mm. in like lockdown, it was mm. like, oh, well, you know, it's this, stu- like, I don't know. For some, like, because even when we were kind of in lockdown before we left, we were still like, kind of, kind of mm. in lockdown. We were still recording. And when I got back and I wasn't even able to book the studio, I was like, fuck. This is, this is the one time that I, le- I go further than the supermarket yeah, ever. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's quite nice for me. It's a nice change for sure. Um, anyway, I think that's enough of that. Let's get into what people came here for. Gladys Knight. Which is 30 seconds of a song they could very easily go and listen to. <laughs> so here's our song for this week. It's I Heard It Through the Grapevine by, by Gladys Knight and the Pips. <laughs> night in the pips <laughs> heard it through the grapevine That's what'd you think uh i like it it's it's, a, it's i think it's like a classic kind of motown record and out it's like 246 it, it's got a nice groove it's quite simple like instrumentation is quite simple right from, from what i can hear like just drums piano bass no guitar it's got that um that real classic busy Motown bass. Mm. I love that, eh? It's a realistic impression. But um It's also yeah. quite high in the mix too, I think. Mm. Um Yeah. I like it. It's just so yeah, like there was epic kind of soul bassists of old, like Donald Dunn and James Jameson. Like it was just oh, they could really play the bass. And I just yeah, I just love the way it's like it's so busy, but like it doesn't interfere somehow. Because yeah. you'd think, like, if someone told you, "Hey, this like kind of anchor instrument is going to play all over the place," you'd be like, "No, it's going to make everything feel crowded and stressful." Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't. No, it just works. Yeah. I um, I think the backup vocals are really nice too. Mm. Obviously, they've got like, <clears throat> it's the, I guess that's the pips there. Mm. When I was, I, I mean, I'd heard of Gladys Knight and the Pips, 
But just when we were doing this, I kept in my head for some reason calling her Gladys Pip in the night. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times I searched into Spotify Gladys Pip. Um, it's a really sounds like a real British name, eh? Gladys Pip. Yeah. yeah. Like short for pumpernickel or something. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I I think she, it's quite quite a tight song, I think, but also does, it does play around a little bit, like the, just about, just about, just about to lose my mind. Mm. Like there's, she's allowed to play a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's still quite, quite tight, still quite f- quick. It's it's fast too. It's it's got a real similar feel to like uh, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Mm. You know, like it sounds quite aretha ish are you I mean, trying to segue no actually no i mean also i shouldn't just say gladys knight is aretha ish because i've got a segue oh well, hey you want one you want me to Please, link segue. what you just yeah. said to well apparently when the song was written um by shit fuck ah oh, someone whitfield and one second i didn't i didn't think i'd actually need this this part of it but because the sick it's because it was such a natural written by norman whitfield and barrett strong it's a good name uh, barrett, strong. barrett strong yeah barrett pip uh when they wrote it uh i think they might have written it and then rearranged it after hearing respect oh. and tried to bring some of those funk elements to like apparently to out funk aretha so you're saying I was right on the money. You were right on the money. I don't know yeah. if you read it and then went like, oh, I'm just going to put this in and act like it was all natural, <laughs> uh, which you might have. I don't know. I, might, I haven't seen you in a while. You might have turned to a sneaky guy. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, there, it's, it is, um, there is like a bit of a connection there. They did kind of have that in their mind. Um, yeah. I normally, I normally say at the top as well, this whole thing. It was it was released in 1967. Um, normally give context at the top, but I forgot to. And normally say this nice little thing. There have been countless covers, and that's why we're here today. Fuck. So it's here's right. the burning it's fine. question. It's fine. Yeah. The, what? The bur- when was the Marvin Gaye version released? Uh, I don't know. Are you going to tell me? Uh, I know because I've forgotten. Oh, it's in my notes, which are behind the Ableton tab that's recording this podcast. You can't, you can't alt tab able. Oh, I, I can. I just thought that maybe you'd already know. <laughs> I don't know because uh, the Marvin Gaye version isn't one I'm talking about. That's one um, you're talking about. That's when that's knowledge you're sharing. Sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. So from yeah, well, I mean, I guess a lot of people have come to the podcast thinking, oh, it's Marvin, like Marvin Gaye was the original. Um, but like in the early days of Gladys Pips, uh. Uh, early day in, in her in her career, she was she was on the Motown roster, but she was kind of forgotten about. People like they just didn't really. She wasn't a priority. Um, so she was signed to the label in '66, and they had their hands full with like the Supremes, The Temptations, Smokey Robinson, etc. Um, so when it came time to record, they gave her this song, "Hooter Through the Grapevine," um, and that was rejected by. Smokey Robinson and Marvin Gaye. Um, and she took it on and she, yeah, they, they added these funk elements and stuff. And um, they also kind of rewrote the lyrics a little bit because originally it was written for a man. So instead of it 
saying, I know a man ain't supposed to cry, but these tears I can't hold inside were changed to take a good look at these tears in my eyes, baby, these tears I can't hold inside. Mm. So everything's kind of made for her. And I think she did really well. I it got to, I think it got to number two oh. on like the, like the, the, the main the billboard big, charts. The big thing. Yeah. And I think, to, I think it went to one, number one on like R&B and that those like mm. more specific charts. Um, and then because of that, um, Marvin Gaye went, oh yeah, that, that is an all right song actually. Let me have some of that. Yeah, I'll have a go at that. Um, but we'll get into the Marvin Gaye thing later. What else you got about, got anything about Gladys, Gladys Pip and the Knights? Um, I mean, yeah, I think the main thing that sticks me out, sticks me out, sticks out to me. Mm. Is, uh, yeah, like it really just motors along. Mm. It's done quite quickly. Yeah. There's um, there's like, do, does it actually pick up pace at the end, or does it just like feel fuller or like looser or? Yeah, I don't know. But question. I don't know about I don't know about like BPM if it actually, but it feels at towards the end like it 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 starts to like pick up some. It might do. I mean, I, I can't imagine that back then those bands played to a click or anything. I think they just enjoyed themselves. And I think I I doubt though I could listen to a song and go like oh they've you know. You know, like it, I don't know. It's what I feel when I listen to it, that it like, maybe, maybe it is because it's, a, it's a more going on or something, but it feels like it, it's kind of speeds up a bit, but I don't know. Um, also, we were talking about Mum and Gay there. There's kind of, there's one little tiny bit of the bit that we know from Marvin Gaye's version. The like, dum, 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 dum. Dun, 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 dun. This is a, and it's like a little pre-chorus. Hmm. Is it on the piano? I've already forgotten. I think it's on the piano, but it's yeah, like in the in the in the Marvin Gaye version, and in most of the other versions that we'll it's listen like the, to, the hook, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the thing when you hear dun 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 dun, you go like, oh, who don't do But this has kind of none of that, and it's just in a little tiny bit of the pre-chorus. So I think it's really interesting that. Um, someone would grab that part and go like, I like that, and then kind of make that. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and initially the song wasn't going to be released. Really? Uh, Barry Gordy. The, yep, the founder, Mr. Motown. Yep. Yeah. He uh, he originally didn't want to release it. He didn't think it would be a hit. Um, but yeah, eventually said yes. September 28th, 1967. It was released on Motown Soul Label. And yeah, it was... Within the sh in the shadows of all the other Motown singles that were being released, and yeah, it went nuts, went to number two, and here we are. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Barry Gordy also thought what's going on was too political, and that's another massive, massive hit of the time. Also, Marvin Gaye. What's oh, sorry? What's going on? Ah, okay. Yeah, well, I thought, big, uh, big Marvin Gaye. I thought yeah. you meant what's going on is in like. Oh, the current times. I don't know. You're referencing a song. He thought politics were too political. <laughs> it's like, what are okay. you talking about? Um, the things are going on with too political. Yeah, I mean, maybe the CEO shouldn't have exclusive <laughs> decision making. Yeah, maybe you should ask more than one person about the song. So he thought that was too political. Yeah, I mean, it was all what, about Vietnam. What are you What are you referencing mm. there? Though, that he doesn't, he shouldn't, like he doesn't have. He tried to stop songs coming out. Right, and in the end, think, they given, given that songs. art is entirely subjective. No. It should be up no. to more than one person. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you're saying like he has a history of kind of being wrong on those things? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
No, you also found a Motown, though, so, you know, good on he him. Was, he did that well. <laughs> he did that well. Um, yeah. In 2018, this version was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Did you know the Grammys had a Hall of Fame? No. Yeah. But did. this is, you know, I also don't really agree with awards, though, because, again, art is entirely subjective. So why We've should... We've been through this, it isn't. Why should 10 people... That's thinking, all, thinking a song is good mean an award that should mean it just means 10 what are we doing with this podcast will yeah exactly who cares what we think <laughs> no no people are listening why are we here people are listening to go i want to know what william will think of this these covers yeah i think so they're the, quite good the fact <laughs> done <laughs> i don't know if you've disparaged a cover on this show so far maybe the chair Aerobics, but I mean, I think I was pretty pro chair aerobics. Yeah, on the first and, one. and in the end, I think anything you can I do to around. get seniors a better life yeah, is yeah, positive exactly. for the yeah. world. Yeah. So I feel like every song you're into, so maybe, yeah, maybe people shouldn't be coming to us because it's like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Mm. I guess that one's well, better, beat. but it's yeah. all good. Mm. Um, and then the, the group was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Different to the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1996. Hmm. Um, what do you think of groups then, as opposed to like versions of songs being put in, you know, awards? Well, uh, you know, I think lifetime achievement is important to celebrate. Okay. Yeah. I look forward to being put in the podcast Hall of Fame. Me too. Up there with Joe. Joe Rojogan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, bring that up. Bring up the next song, Jamie. <laughs> Now, Will, do you want to bring us the next song, though? Oh, I guess now that we've already talked about him, yep. we should probably play him, right? Yeah. This is uh, Marvin Gaye with Heard It Through the Great Part. So that's the version a lot of people know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the version we knew until we actually dug did some into research. it. Yeah. Yeah. To read Wikipedia. Yeah. Hey, you know, information is free. It is. Um, I really like how, <clears throat> like, kind of slow and like menacing it is, especially in the intro before he starts singing it, like, mm. really creeps along. Mm. I guess definitely like the Gladys version is over so quickly. Mm-hmm. This one slows it down. 314. So yeah, it's not long, is it? About half a minute more. Mm. Mm, felt felt short. I think that is one. Yeah. <clears throat> um. But no, it's uh. I mean, it's fantastic. I love the strings. I, yeah. yeah. I really like the string arrangement. I love the kind of electric piano thing. It's like a little bit distorted. You know, it's quite thick. Mm. And I mean, obviously, incredible vocal performance. That's what you get with Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. What you know and love. Um. It's pretty good. I mean, it's still pretty like. I mean, it is slow. It's still pretty upbeat for such a sad song. Yeah. Like, it's quite big and epic, you know, mm-hmm. and like for, for the subject matter, which is like, oh, I just found out through someone else that you're like you've been me. like, and you're in love with someone else or sleeping with someone else, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it really sucks. And uh, it's still a pretty big, like epic song for that. And I don't know if like the mood and like the production are really like matched, but no, but it was the same with the Gladys Night Vision, right? Like it's a big upbeat soul song. For sure. It was quite sure. like really like sad, depressing lyrics. Um. Yeah, no, but uh, 
It's 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 about a desperate man. And I don't know if the desperate man comes across in the song. No, yeah. R- right, there's a desperate man found out his woman hasn't been faithful when it was going to leave him from another man that she loved before him. Hmm. I don't know if I get that. I don't mean to come in strong on the Marvin game and be like, you know what? I, I really like it. I like I like that it's a bit fuller than the Gladys version. There's more instrumentation. There's more instruments going on. There's like, you've got the backup vocals. You've got the strings. You've got the like organy piano thing. You've got, you've got more going on than the Gladys version. It's a bit slower, as you say, kind of mysterious. Um, it's definitely like darker than the Gladys mm, version mm. or sadder than the Gladys version. I don't know. Probably both. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if it's a sad song. Like, I feel like it's still a song you could kind of dance to in a weird. It's pretty dark. I mean, it's pretty. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. you wouldn't, I'm not talking about have like a, a rave to it, but mm. it's something that like. Oh, mate, raves hadn't been invented. Well, I just mean have like a, 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 a bloody good boogie, you know. Mm. You can still like have a little sway to it. Oh yeah. Which like, I feel like it's a song that the subject matter, the lyrics, should be. I don't know, but the um the BVs are so danceable though, you know. What are the BVs again? Oh yeah, that's good. So is that in like a minor or something? That seems kind of. Yeah, it's all in like that kind of minor chord. Yeah. Yeah. Minor key. Like that say? sounds kind of darker, if mm. you will. Um, but I don't know. Like, tell me if I'm full of shit. But because we've done this before where we've been like, well, the original is like this. And I feel like this cover isn't as good because actually, you know, you should be sad that this happened and it isn't very sad and da 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 right? Like, do you remember, like, Indolovu Love uh, Youth Choir? Mm. I forget what the cover was we've done. We've just done so many episodes now. Uh, it might have been, I think it was Redemption Song, wasn't it? And it was quite happy, mm. right? And I don't know if, like, Redemption Song is, like, a super happy song. And I th- I feel like that's why we we weren't super happy with, like, it being the best cover, say. Mm. But when Gladys Knight, the original, our original isn't, like, sad, mm. should we then be reading behind the lyrics and behind the, 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 to- the not the tone, but the message of the song, or should we just be taking it um, as, like, well, Gladys was the original, Gladys, you know, they put out the original song, they saw it this way, and so, like, everything should be held up to, or everything should be trying to emulate I don't know. Yeah, well, it's a really tricky. Do you know what one. I mean? Yeah, because in the end, also, like once, 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 once the piece of art is made, does does it bear any attachment to the artist? You know, like mm. does it matter if he's referencing Gladys, or is he just taking that and make it made of its own? You know, covers and you know, separating the art from the artist. You know, it's uh, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, I mean, we'll we'll get into it later, but everyone else, I think that we've got lined up after this covers the Marvin Gaye version. Mm. No one really has the same vibe as the Gladys version. Maybe maybe one of them in there, but maybe just more for like 
happiness or speed or you know less yeah. so than because it is it is all that minor key and that hook yeah if every, every time that do, 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 like it's a, exactly yeah yeah everyone makes use of that so they kind of must be covering marvin at Mar- the point, marvin yeah. gay version hmm. so like yeah i don't know like should we take that into account should we should we be reading it like because obviously those guys wrote the lyrics and the song and everything and they arranged it mm. for Gladys like that they wanted to outfunk Aretha Franklin yeah it's just like I don't know do the do the do the vocals match to the funk don't know yeah no it's a tough one I mean it's it's such a good vocal performance mm. I mean the Gladys one was really good too I don't know it's hard yeah I mean Marvin Gaye is Marvin Gaye right. Yeah, but Gladys Knight is Gladys Knight. It's uh, and Gladys Pip was Gladys Pip as well. Gladys Pip is Gladys Pip. Yeah, no, old Marvin man. Like, I mean, he did a good job. Oh, I know. Great yeah. vocal performance. There's actually, I sent it to you. Did you listen to it? No, I sent you an acapella version. They did isolated you? the vocals. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I'll put it in the show notes. I've already got yeah. it lined up to put in the show notes. Nice. It's very Something good. The show notes. It's very good. We'll listen to it actually before we listen to the next. Or may, I don't know. We'll, we'll listen to it at some point. It's very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that. Like listening to that, I was like, "Holy fuck! This is a this is a vocal performance." Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, we probably don't need to do background on Marvin Gaye because everyone knows him, but he's uh, he's been he's up there, you know. Have you said that because you haven't done any? No, I mean, got I got any research lined up to tell everyone. I or, didn't read or, much. I mean, I I know I know the skeleton everyone, story. Everyone knows him. Yeah, like I would say the give us a bit more the the opening bars of "Let's Get It On" are maybe my one of my favorite moments in music. Uh huh. Just that. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Uh, I feel that. Yeah, I think it's one of the best parts of music, actually. Yeah, of art, and it instantly kind of transports you, and it it has like such a a feeling. Yeah, I would say instant. I feel like it's more sexual than sexual healing, actually. Which I would agree. probably be his bigger hit. I think my that's probably his biggest hit. But I feel like let's get it on is like has more sex than sexual healing, mm-hmm. and just yeah, that opening part is just incredible you know and yeah i mean i like a lot of marvin gay i listen, i have a lot of his records on vinyl back home mm-hmm. um wow yeah pretty sad you know i think he died when his 40s i think he wasn't that old when his dad murdered him mm. and it turned out his dad had a brain tumor it's all fucking awful and actually he was um he was married to the older sister of barry gordy who we were talking before really who was the um the, the motown man right he had an eldest an older sister whose name i can't remember Something Gordy. And yeah, she she and, and Marvin were married. And then somehow I've never understood why, but he ended up having to move to Europe for a long time. Whereabouts? Uh he lived in Belgium. Really? Yeah. I think it was like tax reasons or something. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did maybe not he, know that. He didn't pay tax. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I mean the most important thing for Marvin Gaye for me is that apart from paying tax and him being a shining example of why we should all pay tax is mm-hmm. that I lent my copy of uh, Let's Get It On, my my old vinyl. That's not my, a euphemism, is it? No, no. Oh, I, just okay. lent, I, 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 I was DJing at a, a gig in Auckland and then I left the... Um, <laughs> I left the record with someone who wanted to play it later at the show because I mm-hmm. wanted to go to bed and my mate Alex has never given it back to me. So Alex. If you're listening. Alex, I want my record back. Give us the fucking record back. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, well, what song should, should we do? And he's like, oh, I know. <laughs> and so he chose this song. He chose Marvin Gaye. 
So you could bring up Alex and the yeah. fact that he stole Will's record. So Alex, give it back. And this was like 2011. Email I mean, cytpodcast at gmail.com and tell us that it's okay. Probably 10 years ago now. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just give it back. Yeah. Think of the amount of shows that he's played that and just like absolutely, you know, nailed it. People love the tracks, whatever. And that's you. That's yeah. all you. It's, I bought that. You bought that. You paid currency for that. Yeah. Fucking hell of shit. All right. Next song? Yeah. Shall yeah. we? Yeah, tell me. Uh, next one is Credence. Credence Clearwater Revival with I Heard It Through the Grapevine. <laughs> Through the Grapevine by Creedence Clearwater Revival uh, from the 1970 album Cosmos Factory. Will, did you like that? It's quite long. Yeah, but that's that's. It's also amazing. I I honestly, I think Creedence are one of the best bands ever. I'm with you. Yeah. I just don't know. Maybe that one, maybe that one's a bit long. But in general, I mean, I could speak for hours about how good I think Credence are. There's nothing like them before or since, you know, like truly original, so simple. I think that's one I think I like the most, which is also why maybe this, the 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 later eight minutes or whatever of that record, that song, yeah. are like, I don't normally listen to CCR to hear guitar wank, you know, I, if I want to hear guitar wank, I'll listen to Eric Clapton, but like, <laughs> uh, yeah, the actual part where he's covering the song is amazing. We'll get into that later, actually, a bit of a, a bit of an overlap. Was it time for Clapton watch? Clap, well, Clapton, <laughs> Clapton, Creedence Clapton, mm. Clapton Clearwater Revival, Creedence Clapton Revival. Well, this is, I don't know, let's talk about the song a bit more. So we've got the, we've got the, the motif that we like, mm. that we grabbed from Gladys, just that little pre-chorus bit. Dun, yep. dun, 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 dun. Yep. It's kind of droney, really nice. Mm. The drum sounds I think are like incredible. Mm. Like the cymbals. So driving. I don't know what they've, how they've recorded the cymbals, but they sound amazing. Um, the snare is also doubled up with something else. I can't work it out. This is, listen to, the, to yeah. the, yeah. It's like, I feel like it's a, it's a snare, a clap, and then like maybe someone hitting a cardboard box or something. <laughs> it's got a real weird sound, but it's, it's nice. Um, and just like you were saying about um, Burp coming on. Uh, what were you saying about Marvin Gaye and uh, Let's Get It On? Like those first bits mm. that it's obviously not the same level, but when you hear John Fogarty go, Ooh. oh my God, his yeah. voice is just, you're like, oh shit, we're yeah. in for one here. Yeah. His voice is like, he's got the Southern accent. It's very soulful, like the pitch, get really high, but also so much, so gnarly as well. It's not perfect. You know, it's like a belt no, sander. No, no, no. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's not perfect at all. Um, there's there's backup vocals in the chorus. Yeah, it's very long. It's 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 eleven minutes. Jesus, eleven minutes, four seconds. Um, but I still feel like it has a somewhat positive sound to it. 
Yeah, it's pretty upbeat. The vocals are emotional, mm. but the song I feel still was relatively positive. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and they just get like a quarter of the way through the song, and then just have like a kind of a tight jam. Yeah. Or a loose interlude. I don't know whatever you want to call it, but it's like, yeah. Then they chuck in like the odd chorus. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Do they were they like a big jammy band like that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm so used to these songs being quite short. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you think about like down on the quarter and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a very long song, yeah. and it's like do the song, get out. You know, that's why I was like, yeah, I'm surprised to hear such a long guitar solo. Yeah, I, I feel like they were that kind of band that just kind of. They didn't really like fuck around much, but I, yeah. I'm not mad at that. The at the little jam, I, I very much like it. Um, yeah. Also, ran a bit of piano towards the end. I don't know if you mm. noticed that. I don't know if there's piano throughout. I didn't really hear it. So a fair bit going. Like it, it's a much fuller sound than than the other ones. Yeah, mainly because there's just so much guitar as well. Yeah. You know, like it's super like pumping guitar. Mm-hmm. It really fills mm-hmm. things up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, it's hard to get past John Fogarty's voice. Yeah. It's just so good. He's like, he's got that kind of Bruce Springsteen quality where you're like, that voice shouldn't be able to go that high. Yeah. And, but it does. You know, with Marvin Gaye, you're like, okay, he's a soul singer. I expect he's got a big vocal range. Mm-hmm. John Fogarty's like, he's just kind of this ratty dude. And yeah. you think, okay, he's got a powerful voice, but surely he can't sing that high. But he, he can sing the same notes that Marvin Gaye sings. And, and it like, just sounds more like scratchy, but like, yeah, in an awesome way. Like it's, it's great. Yeah. Um, also, they didn't, they like really dealt with like love and, you know, majority of it was about bayous and catfish and gators. And, oh, in the Vietnam War. In the Vietnam War. That's what I was going to say, in the Vietnam War. Like a lot of it was political, socially conscious. Mm. When I think of, if I were to make a Viet, a, a war, you know, like I think it's on Forrest Gump, like a couple of songs or maybe a song. Fortunate probably. Son is, for me, it is the song of the Vietnam War. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it does, those that kind of sound does remind me a lot of when I was in Nam. No, no, it reminds me a lot of that time. I saw a, a meme uh, recently. Hey. It was like the the cockpit of a, um, whatever those American helicopters were, Kiwis, I don't know, the big thing, mm-hmm. 70s helicopter that everyone had, well, mm-hmm. the army had. And it's like, you know, there's like the, what do you call the joystick? I think it's the joystick, yeah. Yeah, it can't, be, it can't even call it the joystick. <laughs> the joystick's what you call the computer one. But Okay, so there's the, the cockpit <laughs> of a helicopter, and there's all these buttons, you know, there's a lot of flight instruments. Yeah. And there's one button, and it's like, uh, for, turn on fortunate sun. And like, <laughs> yeah, 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 it makes sense. It would be. It I understand this meme because I've seen enough Vietnam movies. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if actually I I did I did read about that um today that they played at a lot of um like military camps mm. and stuff yeah mm. even when they were really young mm. they played at a lot of um yeah a lot of military camps even before they were like big even before Fortunate Son and all that mm. back when they were called do you know this well no so. I know what you're gonna say, but I'm not gonna yet. say Credence Clearwater with no revival, and they had to revive <laughs> it. They were revived. Um, so initially, they were called the Blue Velvets in yeah. 1959. Okay. Then they changed their name to the Gollywogs. Oh dear. In 1964, and then they became Credence Clearwater Revival in 1967, and that's where I think the Clapton uh, 
comes in there. Is it because Clapton was upset that they got rid of their racist name? <laughs> Probably. He's like, what are you guys doing? Go back to being called the oh, Gollywogs. I love the racism it. stuff is nice. I like that. I thought we were mates. Um, yeah, bit of a black mark on Credence, but apparently it was a gimmicky British invasion name foisted on them mm. by their record label. Mm. They went into it. They're like, we need you guys to appear to be as racist as Eric exactly, Clapton. like, because all the British, all the British bands that came over in the British invasion were all racist. Well, Cream was one third racist. I'll tell you that much. True, because Eric Clapton was one of the three True. people, in but Cream. not in the name, hmm. unless hmm. Cream has some kind of other. It's an analogy for white supremacy. Oh shit, we worked it out. We are on to you, Eric. Fuck yeah, you fuck. Um, what else you got? You want to say? I can go on and on about Credence. Yeah, I'm that's pretty... my problem is that like I can talk about the band and how much I love them. Mm. Um, you were saying some interesting stuff about how they only were around for five years. I didn't know that. Yeah, they're only around from like 67 to 72 or something like that. They released, I think they released like one album in 68 and three albums in 69. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then like, I think, yeah, they had, they were like really quite prolific at the start. And then there was like a couple of years between like their second to last album and their last album because they were always fighting because John Fogarty is just a bit of an asshole. Hmm. Like he was like a perfectionist, but also kind of a dick. It's funny because it's not perfectionist music, you know? It's yeah, nice and loose true. and raw. True, true, you know? true. It's not jazz. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, no, he was he was a bit of a dick to everyone and that's kind of why they... Um, why they broke up like they were they were like the band of the late 60s and 70s in america like the rock band mm. um like they were the they were like the band at woodstock um they were the first band to be um like to sign up to say that they'd do it um but yeah he's he kind of broke them up and then he fucked up any chance of them getting back together like even when they were in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like he refused to perform with wow. the rest of the living members and stuff, and he like signed a signed away, um, like he lost the rights to a lot of his music. He signed it away to some some like slimy dude, and Eric so Clapton. <laughs> it might have been, um, and he released it all as the Gollywogs, <laughs> uh, and then at the height of their popularity, like he he didn't allow any recordings of the Woodstock show to be sold, or he didn't want it to be in the movie. Um, and then yeah, for for years, I guess because of the the bitterness of the way the band ended, and then also the fact that he'd sold away all of his songs, he just refused to play them. Oh, so that was from like when they broke up in '72, I think, until about '97. I think he plays them. Yeah, I think I remember him playing in New Zealand in like the 2000s or 2010s or something. Mm. Maybe yeah, yeah. So he but... he probably would have been playing their songs then. Yeah, but for for like twenty plus years, for twenty five years, he didn't play their songs. Wow! And so I really feel like they were kind of lost to a generation, where like, okay, your your parents might have, you know, but there was kind of it was much harder to come across them. Yeah, I was gonna say like I know them, but then like I know my auntie like went to Woodstock, mm -hmm. so maybe I just got into it because like yeah, I know my mum. My mum liked them and my auntie had seen them live and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So if you went to one of his shows because you're like, oh, I like their music, he didn't play their music. So it's like you couldn't see any of Credence Music's hmm. live. And so I feel like that is, especially with that kind of music, that's kind of a big part of it. 
is wanting to see that live. And so, yeah, I just feel like they were kind of lost to a yeah. to a generation. And I do feel like they were, because they, they were only around for five years, but they they were quite prolific. I think they put out oh, six albums. So good, so. too. Honestly. Just and so good. Really, really, really good music. Um, probably not for everyone. Like, people are probably listening to us going on and on about Credence and being like, ugh. Well, those people are wrong. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, mu- music's back to being objective, guys, and you guys are <laughs> fucked. Um, and you know what? They sound like they're from you know the south, and they sing about bayous and catfish. And cr- where are they from? Where do you think? Well, I mean, to me, he's got that weird East Coast accent, though. Like, hide it through the grapevine. It's mm, like super mm. joy, joy, joy-y. joysy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are they from, Willie? They're from California. Fuck. Man. They're from like San Fran. Fucking posing. Fucking. They're probably from like Hyatt Nash breed. They're fucking hipster kids. No, no, they're really not. They're actually like quite working class, I think. Because hmm. um, it's two brothers and some mates. So, yeah, they're just old, like young high school, hmm. like teenage friends. Um, but yeah, John broke it all up because he's a bit of a dick. Maybe he was like really unhappy. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who was in who in Pink Floyd was like the was it Roger Waters who was like he was like Roger Waters was way more into like the art than like the music and the rest of them I think were more like getting stoned and playing music right yeah okay because like why did they break up I think it was basically like Roger Waters like wanted to be more like political and the other guys were kind of just like happy being multi-millionaires and rich and they right. kept playing without Roger Waters and made some really bad music yeah and I don't know what Roger Waters did, but he had so- he definitely had some solo stuff. Yeah, he did. Like I saw him live, and he was mostly just playing Pink Floyd songs. Yeah, and yeah. it was fine. Like he's a cool dude. I have a real I have a real problem with Pink Floyd because like they were my favorite band for so long, but then I also really hard out associated them with like my best friend's dad, mm. who was like got me into Pink Floyd, but then also turned it out to be like this just like massive fucking like racist and like poor people are dumb kind of person that just like. I can't think about it without thinking about him like being in his car being like oh you know all yeah, those bloody brown people don't want to learn things yeah and yeah but I, yeah I, I I love Pink Floyd at the same time it's just hard to get to separate the two in my head traumatic teenage I know years. I know what you mean sometimes music is associated with people and it's hard to get past it yeah. and I have a lot of music that I overlooked because certain people were recommending it or certain people were listening to it and I was like I don't want to be listening to music that you listen you know yeah you just must, you should just put that stuff behind you guys. There's a lot of good stuff out there. Art that you a lot of good art, a lot of objectively good art that you're missing out on. Um, so if you're not already listening to Credence, do it. Will, what's our next song? We've been talking way too long about Credence. Ah, uh, well, you want to talk some more? No, I think we should listen to Ella Fitzgerald. What's the song? Heard it through the grapevine. That you're wondering how I knew about your plan. To make me blue with some other girl you knew before. Between the two of us, I love you more. It took me by surprise, I must say. When I found out yesterday, don't you know I heard it through the grapevine? Not much longer would you be mine, don't you know I heard it Ella Fitzgerald, the first lady of song. Mm-hmm. Covering heard it through the grapevine. What do you think, Willie? I thought it was very good. It reminded me a lot. I wrote down of a Bond movie. There's a big brass, huh? Lots of brass. I don't know what about that. I can't just say brass reminds me of 
Bond because that's yeah, but not true. But quite up tempo. It sounded like a car chase, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, not again. <laughs> I hate to come in so hot with these. Like it's not sad enough, but it's definitely not sad. No, not a sad song. No, not wait. No, sorry, not a sad, sad rendition. Exactly. Um, I like the the honeys in there. Honey, yes, I yeah. Yeah, and and her her whole approach to timing. Yeah, she just starts singing when she feels like it. Yeah. D- what do you call that cadence? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I should know these things. I don't. <laughs> Music guy will. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Her cadence is like all over the place, but it's great. I'm really into it. I like when people do that. Yeah. And Ella's like the master of it, you know. She doesn't give a fuck, but she's always in time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, like how it works so well, because some of it you're just like, what? When's she gonna come in? Or like, what? Yeah. She's can just chuck that line on the next line, or. But it, it somehow stays in time, somehow works. Um, yeah, I would say it's maybe the the happiest of the covers. Yeah, it, it does kind of rollick along. Mm. Um, I think the one thing I have a problem with, the, the same as the CCR one, is the goddamn guitar soloing. Yeah. Like, it's Ella Fitzgerald. What Why, are you doing is, playing a, a fancy blues guitar unless solo? Unless that's Ella playing the guitar solo, why is that on there? Yeah, that? I mean, if she's doing the whole Sister Rosetta Tharp thing and, like, singing and playing ripping guitar solos, uh-huh. that's fine. But you're there to play guitar for Ella Fitzgerald. What? Yeah. Are, and he's soloing when she's singing. You're like, I hope that guy got <laughs> fired after the, sh- after the show. Like, <laughs> learn, know your role. <laughs> the The, yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah, I noticed that as well. Like, what? Why is that part of you know? Because the Marvin version doesn't do that. The Gladys version, like, none of those versions do it. Maybe she's covering Credence. Maybe she's kind of yeah. I mean, it's it's more jammy and loose, you know. Like, maybe Let's Ella's just see when that came and, out. It felt like it was definitely very late career Ella. Like, it wasn't nineteen seventy, like, and oh, really? and the Credence cover came out nineteen thirty. Maybe she's covering covering Credence. Maybe it was John Fogerty. Maybe it was John Fogerty jamming out. <laughs> then that's is that okay? If it's John Fogerty jamming out, no, I don't. You shouldn't play a guitar solo when Ella Fitzgerald is singing. Okay, all right. Like, sit, sit down. <laughs> sit down. Enjoy yourself. Listen. <laughs> maybe he was. Maybe he didn't mean to solo underneath on top of her singing Mm -hmm. it was the fact that her cadence was all fucked up that he didn't know where she was going to be singing Mm. and he thought there was a solo in there but actually you know because she the cadence in the way that she's singing the song probably confused even the best guitarist in the world that's true maybe it was Eric Clapton well I mean this is just another another one to add to the list who then. else could be this awful <laughs> another one to add to the list then of crimes yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no it's really good man I mean I love Ella Fitzgerald I, I was yeah. talking about my record collection before I probably have I don't know 15, 20 Ella records around the place. They just sound better, don't they? She's just amazing, man. And you know, she played with everyone. She played like, played like back in the day, she played with like Louis Armstrong and Mm. Duke Ellington, um, Count Basie, all these people, you know, she used to perform with Sinatra a lot, but they never made a record together, sadly. Um, Yeah. I, I am a huge fan of Ella. I just, she's just really is incredible and i could listen to her all day hence why i have so many of her records mm. and um yeah i mean i basically found that she had a cover of this and chucked it on i wouldn't say this was her best work but it's still ella you know and would you say it was the best cover of 
Or should we say we'll get, that? We'll get there. We'll okay. Get there. All right. Yeah. I just but want a little sneak peek. Probably maybe. not. <laughs> probably not. Okay. Did you or did you not look for a Johnny Cash cover of I Heard It Through the Grapevine? I didn't. I just got the feeling you wouldn't have done it. Okay. Maybe I should have looked. <laughs> well, surprise. No, I don't yeah. he didn't do it. Not that I know of. Maybe he did it live. Just mm. like. Sinatra and Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah, there's no way to know. Yeah, they had to be there. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't record together because of all that contractual stuff. You know, I think they must have been on different labels. Oh, is that why? Yeah, sad actually. Because yeah, I'm a big Sinatra fan too. Hmm. Maybe we should do a Sinatra night. We did. We have Sinatra and Little Drummer Boy. Maybe we. No, it was Dean Martin. I don't know. No, One we chose. Uh, I think we dude. chose Bing. I think oh, we chose it to get rid of it. I think we chose to get rid of it because it was like a bit too similar to Bing Crosby. I mean, is there any difference between Bing Crosby and Bing Sinatra? Well, Sorry, that was that was low. <laughs> I'm a big Sinatra fan, but I'll fucking roast <laughs> him right now. Um, yeah, and I think we went with Bing because like Bing is just Christmas, isn't he? Yeah, so. he is Christmas. So, but we'll we'll get some Sinatra on here at some point. Yeah. Uh, until then, though, what we're gonna have. Do you have anything else to say about Alex? No, no, no. no. Tell me what's to... next. Well, uh, we got the Slits, big punk band, London. Let's listen to it. Let's do it. I'm doing this off my phone now because my laptop crashed. Yeah, and that was the the slits with uh, with her through the grapevine. Uh, Will thoughts? Would you? I I really like it. I don't know the slits very well, but I I really I like the interpretation. I really like her vocals. Mm. I really love the BVs. Just like grapevine, grapevine. Yeah. Like, why do you need to say this whole hood it through the grapevine? Mm-hmm. Or song, or you, when you can just say grapevine, yeah. grapevine. Yeah. It's Awesome, man. It's yeah. sick. That's from their 1979 album, Cut. Hmm. Um, also, like, at the start, you know, we got, we've got the... Dun, 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 but it's like someone... It, it sounds like someone just humming. Hmm. I don't know if it is. I don't know if you listen to it or if you could work it out. See, I, I always... Like, by the time you have these references, I've already forgotten them. Oh. I need well, a list, it sounds I need like a someone just going, things to look out for before I hear it. Mm, mm, to me anyway it's got like and it's just that and bass mm. to begin with and the guitar is just like scratchy yeah exactly but even before that before it like really comes into the song it's just like the odd bit of like like more percussive mm. and the bass kick is just like four to the floor yeah man. I don't know it's just it's a, it's a weird weird song weird interpretation of it it's good because it's but like I, it's big, but it's also minimalist at the same time. Yeah, you know, there's no trickery. No, it's basically just like a wall of the same thing the whole time, mm-hmm. and it works. You know, because the song is good enough to carry itself without a clever arrangement, and yeah. it's it's a passion enough performance as well yeah. that it doesn't need a clever arrangement, and it it works, man. It doesn't have any silly blues solos. Like no, it's pretty. It's pretty damn good. It's and and I feel like I say this all the time that like. 
if you're going to have kind of the music just chugging along, you need like a bit of a vocal performance or something. To, and yeah. I feel like she brings she brings it, man. Yeah. Very different energy than say the other covers we've heard. Mm. She's got this like some other guy, mm. and just yeah, like a performance that you just wouldn't expect. And I think a very punk performance. These guys are like, yeah, they're, they're like a little bit punk royalty, um, but kind of forgotten. Oh, they were the original woman in punk, really. Yeah. But uh, they they also very much cover the Marvin Gaye version. They do. I think it's more authentic, though, because, like, there's people doing a cover that's, like, a happy version of a sad song. Mm. But this one, they're more true to the subject matter, but in a different way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, no, there's definitely, like, an attitude to it that yeah. we don't get on the other songs, I feel. Yeah, like, she's acknowledging that she's being cheated on. Yeah. And everyone else is like, oh, yeah, heard it through the grapevine, but they don't sound like they've really heard yeah. it through the grapevine. Whereas she or sounds like or, she heard it through the grapevine, but she's not sad. She's like, well, it's your, your loss. your fault. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm moving on. But there's also, I don't know if it's, like... Um, Either I don't know whether it's it's a punk thing because for example, um there's a bit of lyric like um, Punk is subjective. <laughs> uh, like for example, they, they sing some other guy instead of some other girl, because mm. obviously it's a woman singing. And I don't know if that's like chosen because it's like, hey, fuck it, like, you know, I can love a girl, I can love a guy, I can, you know, I'm a woman, it's fine, whatever, because it's punk. Or if it's just because it's like a straight cover of the Marvin version that they just haven't changed the lyrics. Um, but then also like later on, they she says like, um, we're two of a kind instead of the Marvin version says between the two of us guys. Mm. I don't know if it's like they've just misheard it and they've gone like, oh yeah, that's what he says. Or if they're just like fucking with it. Or what I like about this version is it's like it's changed quite a lot um and it just has this energy this vibe to it that like yeah i listen to it and i see the vocals have changed the lyrics have changed but i don't know really why yeah it's like kind of punk works it out for you that it's like who gives a fuck does it really matter does it really matter what the lyrics are what the whether they're changed or what they've changed to or yeah yeah i mean it's in in the end it's it's way more true to the song than a lot so. of the other covers or even the original maybe like it's uh yeah yeah it's authentic and you know i put a high price on authenticity <laughs> yeah there's definitely some like some anger mm. but also a little bit of maybe some coolness yeah. some like yeah some as you said like well oh, you're lost fuck you i'm i'm fucking great if you want to go with someone else that's yeah. If you're yeah. the kind of loser who's gonna be all like backhanded about this stuff, then you're not with you know exactly. my time. Yeah. Fuck off. Um do you wanna hear their origin story, the slits? Please, I don't know much about them, so it's actually really fucking cool. At least I'll learn something from this podcast. <laughs> so um yeah, they're like punk legends from the UK. They were like the original woman in punk and one of the first to kind of draw inspiration from Jamaican sounds. Um Ari Up. Original name is Ariane Forster. She's actually German, but they moved over to the UK. Mm. She's 14 at a Patti Smith show. And at the show, she has a, a row with her mum, Nora, 
who ends up later on marrying Johnny Rotten. So she's like Mrs. Johnny Rotten, right? So that's her mum. But at the show, I guess maybe because she's 14, it somehow attracts the attention of Joe Strummer's girlfriend at the time, um, Paloma Romero, and they decide to start a band together. So it's like at a Patti Smith show, having a fight with her mum who goes on to be Mrs. Rotten, Joe Strummer's girlfriend goes like, Oh, you're pretty cool for a 14-year-old. Let's make a band together. Weird, Boom. weird Boom. flicks. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's like, oh, you're 14, that's cool. Mm. But, I mean, I don't know. How else do you attract, attract the attention of Joe Strummer's girlfriend? <sighs> Be Joe Strummer? <laughs> yeah. I've, I mean, obviously, he's nailed that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they made a band yeah. together. And what I think what's really cool about them is, like, they... Like obviously there were lots of like punk I feel is quite maybe quite masculine, quite aggressive, quite, you know, and there are a lot of punk rock, you know, or like, I mean, punk, not punk rock, but punk comma rock, punk slash rock kind of men that the, the men in the punk seed could emulate. But these women really only had Patty Smith and they just kind of, they did their thing. And they're quite like revolutionary in their sound and they kind of really inspired a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I think they're really fucking cool. And I, I don't think people, enough people know enough about them. Yeah, man. Now I know more. Yeah. Like uh, there's, a, there's a quote also. I was reading a, an article about them. I'm just going to read it, read the quote verbatim. It says we were like the massive rebels on the tour. So imagine that they were they were with like the Clash and, and all those guys. They were the rebels. Mm-hmm. We were the massive uh, rebels on the tour. The way we looked was much more unusual or far out than the guys because by now people were used to rock and roll looking guys, mm. but girls in fetish wear with the t-shirts slashed, hair standing a mile on end, and in Doc Martin boots, they couldn't stand it. And they would say, we will only have them in the hotel if they walk from the door to the lift and we don't want to see them again until the next day. So every day the tour manager would threaten to throw them off the tour. And Norman, the bus driver, had to be bribed daily to let them on the bus. It was bloody stressful. <laughs> Thanks, Norm. Yeah. Although, yeah, the fact that he's charged had to him be for it. Bribed, like, yeah. Come on, Norm. But yeah, I think that's fucking punk. Like, they're too punk rock for... Yeah. For the rest of the punkers. I might get this podcast cancelled for saying this, but there's a lot of unpunk rock stuff about The Clash, I reckon. I don't really know enough about The Clash. Please I don't cancel know. them. Like, just like what everyone's like, oh, you got to watch this drummer documentary. But then he's just talking about how, like, like firing people from a, all the bands he was in before. He's like, oh, you know, we had to get rid of them. And it's like, well, just firing people out of bands. That's not like the family thing, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah. Fire them if they're a real asshole, but if I don't know. Yeah, even the idea of like one person being the yeah the, the, the head of the band who decides who exactly. So now that I've tanked the podcast, I would just like to say <laughs> that this drama documentary. I think I've got a lot of respect for him as a musician, but he also seemed kind of a bit of a dick. <laughs> so the documentary, as a piece of art, objectively, well, you know, exactly. And what what is punk rock in the end? I would I I I've always been strongly of opinion that like the first punk rock artist was probably Woody Guthrie and some of these ladies like Billie Holiday and Eartha Kitt 
because I think that what they did back in the 20s, 30s, 40s was way more punk rock than fucking Sid Vicious like vomiting on some people. Like, whatever. Gigi Allen throwing poo at people. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, Gigi Allen's pretty cool. But yeah, you know, like I think, you know, like, yeah, Eartha Kitt and Billie Holiday, like Billie Holiday, like worked the streets at mm-hmm. the same time as like shooting up heroin, but then also being a jazz singer to put money in the table. You know, Woody Guthrie was like sticking, he was writing songs about Donald Trump's dad before the, you know, Mm. Donald Trump was even born. Like he was just going around the country with a guitar being like, fuck the system. That's Mm. way more punk rock than Sid Vicious and Johnny Rotten. Yeah. Just saying. What you got next for us then? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got nothing to add to that. I'm sorry. I, I I don't know much about Woody Guthrie or... Billy Holiday, subjectivity. Yeah, um, I sp- I speak more in absolutes. Was it? No one's listening to this podcast anymore anyway because yeah. I insulted Joe's drummer. So, um, I think we have one more song. Was it two? Two. two. You, or cool. you've got one. I, I've got one more. Yeah, 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 there we go. Yeah. Okay, so uh, my one. This is Zap. Zap, also known briefly as Zap and Roger, mm-hmm. formerly known as Zap and the Rogers and the Pips. Roger and the Human Body. Really? <laughs> no, yeah. That's great. No lies. Take its name from Roger Troutman, the singer. Mm-hmm. There was four brothers, Roger, mm-hmm. Larry, Lester, Terry. Mm-hmm. Terry's a good name, Terry's eh? No one's called name. Terry anymore. Where the Terry's gone? Terry, if you're out there, cytpodcast at gmail.com. Will is Desperate to get an email from you, Terry. Also, Terrence, you can write in. Terrence will accept a Terrence as well. Exactly. <clears throat> so, yeah, Zap was some brothers and a few more dudes. They were part of this, like, you know, 70s funk scene. Mm-hmm. A lot of good music came out of them. They were pretty closely associated with George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic, yep. who were kind of mine and probably everyone's kind of introduction into that, like, era of music. Kind of spacey, funky... Yeah, like the whole, I mean, space, yeah, like they took the whole, like, like the whole Afrofuturism uh, movement was pretty closely intertwined with, like, the funk of that era. I mean, you had George Clinton, Bootsy Collins Bootsy was in Collins, Parliament Funkadelic. Collins, yeah. Actually, the way I got into it was through an album of Funkadelics called Maggot Brain, which Maggot is more Brain, of like yeah. a psychedelic rock mm-hmm. album, which so I, th- I think was like maybe... Like early 70s or mm-hmm. late 60s mm-hmm. and maybe sounded a little bit more like like Hendrix or something like that and then became more like spacey and more funk as like the 70s rolled on and they took more and more drugs um, nice. and yeah Zap was there probably taking drugs with them is Zap I, don't, I haven't heard any of Zap's other stuff is the rest of their stuff because kind of, their sound is kind of spacey with the what do you call that the talk box talk box this is the main thing they were known for okay is the talk box so did um because like parliament and stuff funkadelic like would kind of sing about space and well bootsy would anyway yeah bootsy was into it um so this like kind of like they sounded kind of spacey but was there i feel like these guys are more of like a party band 
Okay. Like from what I was looking up, like their biggest hit was one called More Bounce to the Ounce. Right. Okay. Which doesn't sound so much about like aliens, sounds more about just like smoking some massive bloody bones. But yeah. yeah. Well, they certainly, I was going to say this is like the the happiest cover I think we have here. Even though I think I might have said that the the Ella Fitzgerald one was the happiest. That's very like, there is no sense of sadness sadness but also like the vocals are just like okay it's talk box it's definitely a part of the song but i feel like the vocals or the lyrics or like doesn't matter like yeah it's more of a it's more of a vibe song than like a you know it's not easy to convey emotions when you're singing into a talk box (laughs) yeah like there's not a big range of like the colors of human emotion. What does crying sound like if you cry into a talk box? It's a good. I mean, so what the talk box does is it actually plays, like it, it's generally they would it takes like the speaker output of your instrument. Yeah. And it, you get this tube in your mouth, and what it does is it plays the speaker output into your mouth. So then when you're talking, your your the shape of your mouth is changing the sound of the that's output like, of the instrument. So that's like when you have something like playing a song on your phone. And you put like the speaker near your mouth, and then you like open your mouth and close, like you. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So it's playing the music directly into into your mouth, and then so if you happen to be talking, you're talking the music. This That's was actually invented. This was invented back fuzzy, then, my dude. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Smoke another one. Like it's fucking yeah. DJ Spell. Exactly. Really great. Um, Kiwi DJ makes music uh, on Twitch, like live streams is. It's like a like a beat maker. I only know dude. I only know one DJ in New Zealand, and that's DJ Servia. DJ Servia said, um, um, "Major flavors, major flavors." <laughs> I once uh, took a photo of him at Countdown and tweeted it and asked him if he was um, cooking up major flavors. Um, but then I realized probably not very nice to do. Like take a photo of someone at Countdown. Countdown's a supermarket, by the way. Back home, is it still Count? Yeah, it is Count. yeah Countdown's still around. Um. Yeah, DJ Spell like makes beats and he he's I mean he's fucking great. I'll send you some clips. Yeah, of, please. I'll put some in the show notes actually. He's great. He's he's really, really good, really good. But he does a lot of talk box stuff. Hmm. And I feel like no one's doing that. Does he also play keys? Yeah. Good and interesting. I just uh, sent my friend's um band just put out a new record and I saw they had a keys player who was playing a lot of talk box. I was like, that's unusual. In this day and age, yeah, he's very good on the keys. Kind is of it? tall white dude. No, 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 no. Okay, Never like mind. a kind of short, skinny Maori dude. Okay, but like, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Maybe there's two talk black, two talk box <laughs> players. In New uh, from like the 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 Bay of Plenty. Okay, like yeah, I think this like guy was in Auckland, not, not the Bop. Yeah, no, but he lives in Oz now. Right. But yeah, he plays a lot of talk box, and I I kind of went like because he does he does it really good. And it kind of fits because I think of Talkbox as maybe a little bit dated. Yeah, I mean, I think of Peter Frampton. Maybe oh, yeah, like, Peter Frampton. The whole Frampton Comes Alive album has got all this like really just. I mean, I love that record, but it's like some pretty silly like guitar soloing Talkbox stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's been a while. That was in my dad's collection, and I think we might have listened to it at some point, but I really don't remember it. Um, I need to go listen to that because that's that's a lot up there, right? People it's a classic, record, classic live yeah. album, right? Do you feel like we do stuff like that? I mean, it's yeah. Peter Frampton is very like sweet and innocent, you know. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of like bite to his music, yeah, yeah, but right. it's fun. Um, but yeah, when I think of Talkbox, I don't think of Peter Frampton mainly because I don't really know him. But I think of 
I'm going to segue you in here. Uh, Tupac. Dr. Yeah. Dre. California Love. Well, Dr. Dre? Uh, yeah, it's, it's Dre and Tupac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who uh, who was singing California Love into the talk box in California Love? No, I don't. Please tell <laughs> it's me. It's Roger Troutman from Zap. Really? Yeah. Not Terry. No, it's not Terry. Terry must have done something. Terry, mate, where are you? <sighs> Terry, if you're out there, tell us why you weren't on California Love. Hmm. Just Rog, because he, he was the singer. Did they... Okay, and that wasn't a sample. No, that recorded. was him performing. Yeah, because like the whole, this is the whole thing about Zap is that like... That and a lot of the pilot and funkadelic and like P funk era was like a big influence on G funk. Mm. Like if you think about yeah, P-funk, early G funk. I mean, exactly. And that go. was the thing was like uh, you think about like um, Warren G and Nate Dogs regulate. Oh, that's 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 a sample. That's that's like the beat there is actually a Michael McDonald song. Is so it? maybe that's not the best reference. But yeah, you know, like this is like when he, you know, like Warren talks all about G funk yeah. and his verses and how it's like this new upcoming rhythm genre is life and, and life is rhythm. That's the one exactly. And if you listen to like Dr. Dre interviews and stuff, he's talking about how like he 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 wanted to get that like that like kind of high like synthesized sound, mm-hmm. which became to be like the the thing that you associate with Dr. Dre. Yeah, you know, and then. Yeah, and, that, and some of that came from Zap. And yeah, exactly. So they wanted to pay homage. Yeah, exactly. Like the talk box and like the the yeah the whole the whole like funk era. Like that's what like created G funk and like yeah Ice Cube is like quoted about talking about Zap being like the like the real thing that got him into hip hop. Right. Yeah. So. Fuzzy. Yeah. Rog. It all it all ties together. No, 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 no. Yeah, I could see that in like a funk like the the brassy like in that. Yeah. Zappy. And also like everything you think about um the Chronic, the first Chronic, not the Crew not the Chronic two thousand one, but the one from the early nineties. just began. Yeah. Yeah. That's just all that like all that high synth stuff, yeah, which is yeah, exactly yeah. the kind of stuff you hear in like seventies Afrofuturist punk. Funk. Well I did. Mm. So Roger was he gave birth to Dr. Dre. What are we what, how are we? Uh, you don't have G funk without P funk, and Zap was closely associated. And we don't have P funk without Parliament and Funkadelic. And we don't have that unless unless you have. We discovered the acid, space. Acid. Oh yeah, acid and yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of acid, fries your brain. <laughs> and actually, this is this is the sad part. Actually, uh, Roger and. Either Larry or Lester or Terry, I think it was Larry, died in a murder-suicide incident in the 90s, not long after California Love. Really? Yeah, I think it was Larry murdered Roger and then murdered himself. Oh, man. Was it like, um, issues? I think there may have been some financial issues. Financial, like, okay. Also, I know, like... I meant more like mentally, but... You know, if you live through sustained periods of drug abuse, Mm. real Mm. life isn't easy afterwards. Yeah. Fuck. That's yeah. horrible. Like, mm. uh, life. On that note, uh, should we listen to my next song? What's the, what that's a, re- that's horrible. Like, I, this is the way that you go into, you go into research these songs and like, I was like, oh, wow. Like, they're really like credited by all these legends as like a big influence on West Coast, Coast hip hop. This is cool. And then you get to, you know, you keep digging. You're like, oh, wow, actually, they, they ended really tragically. And I don't think they, they, they would never know. Like, the 
maybe not their band, but they were a direct influence on one of the biggest movements in like popular culture. Yeah. 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 That shit house. All right. Let's not get too, too down on ourselves because that is a shitty, shitty thing to happen. Uh, The last song that we've got. What is it? uh, Is one by Coloring. 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 Yes. It's called Heard It Through the Grapevine. Have you heard it before? I've never heard of colouring. Okay. Well, here you go. I heard it through the grapevine and finally we have someone who's sad i reckon you might be sad eh? it's a sad version actually the one thing i would say that's not sad is that those like trap hi-hats that's not sad i feel like that's on sad songs i mean yeah frank ocean probably uses them yeah, exactly too good. Yeah, I, maybe i'm just too old i think you are old yeah i think you are maybe too old i'm getting quite old this too year. too too old for an 808 hi-hat Huh? The 808's older than me. I should stop complaining. Go on. But yeah. Um, apart from that, yeah, interesting cover. Like he definitely the first cover we've had that did anything like wildly different. Like even the slits one, although like the the I mean energy... Zap was pretty fucking nuts. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, actually, that was quite nuts too. <laughs> but it was still like it was almost like the same tempo as like the Marvin version. This one yeah. was even slower. This one was a lot slower. The slits one was like way different attitude, but still pretty similar in some ways. Like still kind of driving guitar song. Yeah. This one, this guy's just like throwing thrown in all the reverb and the lots of reverb delay and like uh um I think I thought he. I thought he it was a bit long. Okay. I started to get a little bit sick of the repeated. The like I thought at first I was like it's cool how like there's one track of him going through the grapevine like mm-hmm. on infinite repeat, but after I was like this is annoying. Um, but um, like you know props for trying. I really liked it. And it was, it's subjective, so don't worry about my opinion. It's completely objective. <laughs> um, this is from his. I'm saying his. I when I look, it's like it looks like it's one guy, but then sometimes you'll see on like their Facebook or something is like a picture of a band. Okay. And then I think like the email is like jacket coloring or whatever. Mm. So I feel like it's one. Oh, anyway, it's from there, his uh, EP from 2016 symmetry. Mm. Um, I really like it. I mean, partly why I chose it is because I wanted a, a sad version in there, but then, yeah, I felt like it, it did bring something different. It felt it, it brought, I mean, it brought it into the, the 21st century even mm. though that probably brought into the 31st century yeah but we just haven't caught up yet yeah exactly but it brought into the 21st century and it's there's lots of you know there's like it's quite a big bass sound there's like clicks lots of harmonies like it's it's um it's weird to say like considering we've had ella fitzgerald and marvin gay but like it's very it's very in the vocals, I think, because mm. obviously everything else is so bare mm. that like it really is kind of just vocals, not just vocals, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of like, but there's, it's, it is, it is just like vocals and drums yeah. and like, yeah. 
Um, like, and then it has some like glitchy, scuffed yeah. piano kind of sounds. Yeah, it's got like the classic dropout. Mm. Like, there's nothing there, just kind of vocals, and then everything comes back in. Mm. I liked it. I like the layering and stuff. Um, the R's at the end. Yeah, the BVs. I don't know. I, yeah, I like how a lot of the different covers tonight have changed the BVs a bit. I think it's been nice for little, sure, little for flavor. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, each of... I mean, obviously we've chosen... We choose songs that are different because we do want a bit of a range. Mm. But, like, you can still choose a song that sounds different but kind of does the same things. You know, like, yeah. you could do... A, you could pick a a song that just does like a straight reggae cover of one of the versions and actually yeah. doesn't do anything different except yeah. they've got, you know, the, the, the click guitar. The barbecue like, guitar. Yeah. All that shit, you know, like, and actually it's just the same song, but like put through a reggae filter. Mm. Whereas yeah, each of these songs have kind of done something different with, well, lots of different elements, but yeah, the BVs especially all, I don't think any of them really, really do the same BVs. Mm. And that's backup vocals for people that I uh, don't really know, but I uh, I know, and I'm teaching you, and you're welcome. Thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you. Uh, that was coloring. Thank I was gonna can. I was gonna actually send this to him and be like, hey, we 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 had like, he probably wouldn't care. <laughs> what? No, yeah. maybe Jack would care. Cheers, Jack. Jack. I think Jack would care. I was gonna yeah. send it to him, and be like, hey, we had it on, like, you know, we had one of your songs. It's like the six best, co- you know, like. But now, now I've already said that I don't like how he re- yeah. re- repeats the uh, repeating vocal too much. I think so. I'll still send it to him because I don't really give a fuck what people think of you. Maybe then he'll email the podcast and tell us to fuck off. Maybe. And we'll finally have an email. Jack, if you are listening, I mean, I'm gonna send it to you. So you could just write back to me that you fucking hate us. But if you if you really wanna. Get get it to Will that you hate him. Email CYT podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Will, should we try to crown yeah. the best song? I uh, right now best I'm cover? I'm I'm struggling between ZCR and, and Marvin himself. Yep. I definitely like Marvin's version. So the original was out. Yeah, I was trying to keep it in for as long as possible. But in the end, like I just it's a bit too fast. I mean, let's be honest, until Kind of yesterday, we thought. Just to give you an idea of how how much we researched this, we went. We were just, Sorry, Jack. <laughs> we're not um, professionals. Uh, we thought it was a Marvin Gaye song, yeah. so that gives you an idea of kind of how. Yeah, where that Gladys Knight version kind of sits within the the zeitgeist, if you will. That like. It's not the main one that we think of when we think of this song. Mm. Um, so I would say also that it's out. But then, as we've done in the past, are we judging the covers against what the original did? Or are we just going... I think we're judging for the best version of the song. Okay. Sometimes that might be the original. We've I picked the original once, maybe. Yeah, you have maybe it was Bridge Over Troubled Water. Uh, no, you would have chose Johnny Cash yeah, on that. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I think you might have chose. Uh, I think we both chose the original Redemption song. Mm, yeah, that's I think the best. So. Um, I mean, for this one, like I, <laughs> Marvin, and then CCR, but CCR 
if you'd have to remove the last eight minutes of the, of the song the and thing. then the slits as well, real good. So I would get rid of CCR because of the long jam. Yes, yeah, 11 minutes. Because man. to me, a long jam bridge thing, it's like well, it doesn't. It's uh, Is it still a cover? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't it doesn't help its case. It's mm. a great song on its own, but when it's trying to compete with as a cover, mm. I feel like it doesn't help. Yeah. So then for me, Zap's out, Coloring's out. Sorry, Jack. Um, the original probably also out. I feel like with Marvin, he changed the game with slowing it down. Yeah. I feel that really, that really. And if you look, and this is, both of us thought it was a Marvin Gaye song and all the rest of the songs covered the Marvin Gaye version. So I really feel like he changed the game. So for me, it's between uh, Marvin or the slits. Um, <clears throat> and I just feel like I'm doing something. I'm being really, really naughty. If I were to say it wasn't Marvin. I, yeah. I mean, you, you, just, you feel like you sh- it's wrong to pick against the establishment. Is that is that a is that a wussy move though? I don't know though. I mean, trying to be objective about it. Yeah, <laughs> they're both really good. It's hard to. Ch- I mean, oh man, the Marvin one though, like the. It's. I will play you the. Ar- the I'll play you the acapella version later, and you'll yeah. be, and then I think you might even change your mind. Is it a cop out though? Actually, no, I don't know. I, I reckon- pause. Pause the podcast right now. We'll be right. back. I'm going to get. It, I'll just leave it running. We can- okay, <laughs> but I mean, for. So people know why we cut out. I'm yeah. going to play the Marvin Gaye acapella version for you. After, so yeah, after that, yeah, we. Um, <laughs> that's not going to be in the playlist, but it will be in the show notes if you want to listen as well. I feel like that could just be a song on its own, and yeah. I feel like it 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 hits so much harder as well. It does in the in what you want in that it's a man a desperate man who's been cheated on it sounds way more emotional way more emotional the things yeah obviously it doesn't hit in that you don't get to tap along your foot and you don't get to maybe have a little boogie or whatever you know but but for like if you just take the vocal performance it's it's incredible and it does get across the desperation of a man who's been cheated on yeah um, which you don't get from the slits because they're women. No, that's not why. Uh, no, obviously it's the desperation of anyone who's been cheated on, but I feel like the the, the Marvin version gets it across a lot more. But then it's a different attitude. Because, it's a different attitude. Because the slits aren't worried about it. They're like, well, that, that person's... And that's anyway. really cool that they read they read that. You know, they read, say, the lyrics or what the you know, what the story's actually about and went like, instead of going, oh, you left me, you cheated on me. They're like, fuck you. Yeah. And that's really fucking punk and that's really fucking cool. Um, As I say, I just feel like it's, I feel like I'm doing something wrong to say the slits. The slits is right up there and I do really like that read of it, that it's, fuck you, you lost. <laughs> You want to cheat on me, that's your fault. But for me, it's Marvin. Ah, uh, you know what? There's nothing I like more than like authenticity. Okay. And like being yourself. Okay. And I think that's what the slits did, and I'm going to choose the slits. Really? Yeah. Wow. I did not expect that. Yeah. 
very cool. Um, I can't convince you of Marvin. I mean, it's maybe the. Or do you want to convince me of the musically slits? the better version? But in the end, the slits owned it more mm. because they really made it feel like they 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 expressed the song. Marvin just did a great version of some lyrics that were hand, probably handed to him by an ex- record executive. And you know what? He only recorded his version after he yeah. heard Gladys' version. So there's no, like, there's nothing. Oh, yo, personal. this is gonna, yeah, this yeah. is gonna fucking, you know, he just go nailed to the it. top. He nailed it because he's Marvin Gaye. He's that good. Yeah, it doesn't he matter can what nail song. Anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the slits were like, no, one. like this is me singing heartfelt. You know, it's. Yeah. I think I think yeah I think the fact that yeah I think um he recorded it because the Gladys version popped off and he's like actually because he rejected it let me let me get on that i want to give that a go and it did become the version it, it, it eclipsed uh gladys gladys version in in the in the zeitgeist but also on the charts mm. and but yeah did he just do it for some cash did he just do it for i don't know yeah you know what i'm i'm with you on slits i'm with you on the slits i'm with you there you go. I like it. I like authenticity. Yeah. I like, uh, and I like objectivity. And mm. I like that we've said that the Slits are a better band than Marvin Gaye. <laughs> uh, let's leave it there. Will, do you have anything, do you have any uh, pearls of wisdom for everyone? Yeah. Marvin Gaye is not a band. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. That's mm. not how it, that didn't, you know what I mean? Uh, what else? What so do we that, got next? What do we got up next episode? We probably should have planned that. Oh wait, we do. We do. No, no, we, we do. We made it. Um, you chose it. It was a Beatles song. It Can't was "Buy Me Love." Can't buy me love. That's it. Yeah, that's what you got coming. Can't buy me love is coming up. Will when are we going to record? A couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. I guess. Do yeah. two weeks. Yeah, two weeks time. Like that. All right, this is coming out, and we will come back. We will get back to more um, professionalism. Professionalism, more regular programming. Um, please stick around. Thank you if you've subscribed. Thank you if you're listening. Uh, I'm sorry, Jack. Uh, we'll be back soon. Please do email CYT podcast if you get the chance and if you have an email account yourself. Uh, I've been Willie. That's been Will. Thanks, guys. Ciao. Drive safe. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy you a ring, my friend, if it makes you feel alright. I'll get you anything, my friend, if it makes you feel alright. I don't